Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. Before your favorite AfterBuzz TV after show begins, I'm so excited to tell you that my new cookbook is out. It's called The Every Girl's Guide to Cooking. It's the quickest, fastest, easiest, most amazing recipes for kitchen newbies and chefs alike. Please check out mariamenounos.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Wait for the drop. What's up, everyone? little boxing after show solo style here at the AfterBuzz Studios. I'm Jared Gilkerson. That's at Gilkerson Radio on Twitter. Be sure to join us live on YouTube right now. Check it out. And, of course, if you can't listen live, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you can find us. Rate us. Give us a thumb, th- thumbs up. Thumbs down if you think I suck. Uh, let me know if I missed something or if I messed something up because chances are I may do that. So let me know if I'm wrong. Uh, but, you know, don't be afraid to let me know if I'm right, because occasionally that happens as well. What's happening? Another weekend in the books, this time from HBO. Um, before we get to the big boys and look at the fight, a uh, little preview. We are going to talk about Saddam Ali versus Jesse Vargas. Uh, some news and notes, and also get into a look ahead of what's going to happen in the next few shows. But first, we're going to start off... With the big boys, Luis Ortiz versus Tony Thompson. Let's check out how that fight concluded on HBO. So you got the old man there, Thompson. This is after he's been knocked down a couple of times. See, Luis Ortiz just had way too much power in that left hand, and Tony Thompson was ripe for it. And there he goes. (laughs) Just right on the temple. I mean, Tony Thompson kept showing him that temple with uh, some bad defense and got clocked. And uh, I think he busted up his leg a little bit on the way down. And Luis King Kong Ortiz comes up victorious. Looking for bigger and better things, hopefully. Um, Thoughts after the win. I mean, you saw it right there. So round six, 229 of round six. Luis Ortiz wins the fight, knocks him out. Tony Thompson didn't put up much of a fight. Uh, He's 44 years old. He was overweight. Uh, He's well past his prime, but he's always game. And that's one thing I got to give up to Tony Thompson. He's always game. He's always ready for a fight. And even in his prime, he lasted, you know, deep into the fight against uh, Vladimir Klitschko. And this is before Vladimir was uh, a little long in the tooth like he is now. So Tony Thompson's always been a fringe contender, you know, a top 10, top 15, top 20 fighter, kind of hung around and took this fight on short notice. Didn't get much of a chance to win, uh, didn't do much to try to win, and uh, and during the process had uh, his capri pants slash shorts. Uh, I think he's got one of the laziest looks in boxing. If you watch, uh, the shorts are down to his ankles. He looks lethargic and tired during a lot of his fights. I've never been a Tony the Tiger fan. Uh, but he's been kind of a stepping stone lately for other fighters. 
and he did his job. So he goes to 40 and 7 now. He's probably done unless he makes a few more bucks, maybe for a few young guys that want to want to um, work their way up. But so what do we learn from this fight? Um, we learned that Luis Ortiz has mega power and is a tricky southpaw, and that Tony Thompson, you know, is Tony Thompson. So enough about him. So Luis Ortiz, what do we what do we do moving forward? Uh, the power is there. Heavyweights are afraid to fight him. Um, Believe it or not, he was the younger man in this fight. But going forward, he doesn't have a lot of time. He's 36 years old. Uh, I think he wants name recognition fights now. Recently, he came out and said that you know heavyweights have to go through him. I hope that's correct. And I hope that Showtime and HBO can somehow work together uh, with some of their fighters and make some of these big fights happen. Um, he landed 55% of his shots. Uh, power uh, power punches, which is above his average, above the heavyweight average. Tony Thompson wasn't hard to hit, so we'll get that straight. So what do we do with Luis Ortiz going forward? Well, let's look at some let's look at his progression as a fighter. In 2014, he beat Monty Barrett and Latif Coyote. Latif Coyote was later a no contest, but those are big name fighters. 2015, Bryant Jennings. 2016, Tony Thompson. So now we see that he can beat fringe contenders, you know, top 20, maybe the the far back reaches of the top 10 with Brian Jennings. So it's time for Luis Ortiz to step up and fight a top five fighter. Now, fighters I'd like to see him fight. I'd like to see him fight Vladimir Klitschko. I know Klitschko didn't look good against Tyson Fury in his last fight, but it would be great to see a new up-and-coming heavyweight who throws a lot of bombs, unlike Tyson Fury, and takes risks, fight of Vladimir Klitschko, maybe a passing of the torch. That would be a fun fight. So uh, it would be nice to have Vladimir win the title back from Tyson Fury and then maybe see Luis Ortiz fight Vladimir for the title later this year, early next year. would be great if Vladimir hangs around that long. Another fight against uh, another veteran, Alexander Povetkin. He's been around the block. Really good fighter, solid fighter, takes risks. Uh, that's the kind of step up that Luis Ortiz would need. So those are two older fighters that Luis Ortiz could fight. A couple of younger fighters I think would also make for good fights is Bermain Stavern, easy for me to say. Uh, Stavern has been vulnerable, but it's another fighter who takes risk and is not afraid to get hit. And against a guy like Luis Ortiz, could garner some more attention in the heavy in the heavyweight division uh, than it has in the past decade with the Klitschkos. Uh, not hating on the Klitschkos, but they're a little more systematic, robotic fighters. Fight fans are looking for knockouts and people to take risks. So that's what you get with that fight. And the big fight is up and coming Deontay Wilder. That's Showtime's cash cow. And you've got HBO's cash cow with Luis Ortiz now. If that fight could happen let's say in the next year or so, that could be a big title, big money fight. And you, I think you could sell that to fight fans and non-fight fans with those two styles. So you got a couple options, a couple old guys, a couple new guys. These fights need to happen, and they need to happen quick for Luis Ortiz before he comes you know, too old. He's 36. You, know, you see a lot of fighters start slowing down their late 30s. You see guys like Tony Thompson who have uh, never been fast and always been slowed down. But you can go into your 40s as a heavyweight nowadays, 
But I think you don't want to take that risk. I think Ortiz is looking for big money fights, big time fights in the next year or two. So those are the fights that I would like to see. And I think a lot of fight fans would like to see. And that reminds me, if you're watching live on YouTube or uh, if you're on Twitter and you follow me there, send me some questions. We'll uh, give you a shout out during the show. We'll let you know, uh, you know what the news and notes are or what the rumors are. And if you have any um, comments on the fight or thoughts, how like uh, Louise Ortiz should be moving forward, let me know. And we'll give you a shout out. I'm on Twitter right now uh, tweeting some fans. So it's kind of cool. And maybe my brother will pop in again. Um, now let's get to a tradition. We started last week with uh, my co-host Andrea Fasano, who couldn't be here with us today. Uh, the numbers break. Classic after buzz boxing numbers break. Luis Ortiz has 27 total fights. Two of those fights are no contests. So you'll see in his record that he's 25 and 0. And he 22 knockouts. Now don't get me wrong. That's a lot of knockouts, but it's a little deceiving. Two of the fights were disqualifications. So those fights didn't count towards the 27. Two no contests, one unanimous decision. So in all of his fights, all the surrounding fights, one fight has not ended in some kind of knockout. That's impressive, especially with the heavyweight division the way it is today. You haven't seen a lot of heavyweights come up this way recently. And a lot of them have just been powder puffs for the Klitschko's to bowl over. Luis Ortiz is not a powder puff. This guy is the real deal. Um, now, the fight against Tony Thompson, as we look at some more numbers, I don't think it pushes Luis Ortiz forward, but I also don't think it holds him back. Tony Thompson is 4-5 and five in his last nine fights since 2011. It's no lie. He's been an average fighter for five years and slightly above average before that. So Luis Ortiz beat a guy who's 44 years old, four and five in his last nine fights, but knocked him out, knocked him down three times too. So he did what he had to do against the kind of fighter he was up against. That's it. So hopefully we see him against some bigger name competition coming up in the future. I'm really excited for this fighter. Um, it's been a little while since the heavy, heavyweight division had a guy that HBO or Showtime could put their money on uh, and put in marquee fights. And uh, he's just an action guy. And he's going in there to try to end the fight, not just win the fight. He's trying to end his competition. So best of luck to Luis Ortiz moving forward. Hopefully he fights one of those big-name heavyweights in the future take a little sip here since I have no co-host to bank on talking while I take a sip of water. So pardon me for a second. All right, let's move to the undercard. Another great fight. Saddam Ali, 22-0, 13 KOs versus Jesse Vargas, 26-1, 9 KOs. Kind of a meeting of Fringe welterweights. Um, I know Saddam Ali in the latest Ring magazine, I believe, was sixth or seventh uh, welterweights. If I bring up my rankings here, Saddam Ali was eighth, and Jesse Vargas was out of the top ten. This fight kind of, you know, was a gigantic gauge on who's going to get another big undercard or even a headline fight on HBO going forward, and who's going to go back to non-televised fights, maybe occasionally on a pay-per-view undercard, you know, here or there. So a lot of things were at stake here. And we learn early on 
from Jim Lampley that Bernard Hopkins is working for Golden Boy, which we all know, and Saddam Ali is a Golden Boy fighter. Now, I'm not sure what the fans thought, but I felt that Bernard Hopkins was kind of torn during the fight, and you knew he was rooting for Saddam Ali. So it was kind of odd listening to an announcer who had, you know, more or less money on a fight. So um, I like, I prefer Roy Jones. I like Bernard Hopkins, but I know Roy Jones isn't part of the boxing after dark crew. So beggars can't be choosers, whatever. Um, but as we learned, we'll jump to the end of the fight. Uh, Jesse Vargas won in the ninth round by TKO, his first KO since 2011. This was a gigantic win for Jesse Vargas. Um, he came off of the fight against Timothy Bradley last year where it looked like he um, he was getting beat soundly throughout the entire fight. And then within the last 10 seconds, uh, landed a clean shot on Bradley. Bradley looked in danger, and the referee decided to stop the fight with, you know, seven, eight seconds left. Bradley could have been knocked out, probably wouldn't have been, but you can't hold that against Jesse Vargas' argument uh, after he beat Saddam Ali said he wants Timothy Bradley again. That's a legit argument. That's something that uh, he can he can he can hang on to, and uh, that's another big money fight for him. But let's break down the Saddam Ali fight. Um, Saddam Ali started off hot in the first round, kind of tapered off in the second. Uh, the fighters started to trade back and forth some rounds, and I thought by round four, uh, of course, the action picked up. But Vargas is that was one of his best rounds early on. He just when he came off first and was aggressive, he was much more accurate with his jab, much more accurate with his right hand, and when he and then he could settle, so he could come off first with combinations and sit back and pick them off. Same thing goes for Saddam Ali. When he came off first as the aggressor, he did well. So whatever fighter came off first and threw punches early usually won the round. We find out later on in round eight, Ali gets knocked down by straight right hand. He looks like he may be in trouble, but and by no means did I think that Vargas was going to finish him off in the ninth because Vargas has not shown that kind of power in years. The guy only has nine KOs, now 10 in 28 fights. So it was really, really surprising. Uh, I like Vargas as a fighter. I think he's um, he's a really he's a true boxer that can come out and fight when he needs to, and that to me is entertaining. A guy who can be accurate but smart in the ring and then take risks when he needs to. Um, he's an entertaining fighter, and I think he's a good kid. We see that uh, if you look at some of the punch stats. Uh, you know, he landed 29 uh, or 37% of his punches to Ali's 29%. Uh, so he was just a step ahead of Ali uh, later on in the fight, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth round. He was just landing a little cleaner, going to the body more. I liked what I saw from him. And uh, power punches, they were both really even. Um, it looked like it was going to be a fight that was going to go 12 rounds and the scorecards were going to be close. Because at the time of the stoppage, I actually had Jesse Vargas up 78 to 73. But Harold Letterman's card was much closer, and I'm sure some of the other judges' scorecards were closer. And I have no problem against that. So this fight was great. Um, it, you know, I wouldn't be mad at seeing something like that again. But I don't think we're we're going to. I think they're going to let Jesse Vargas step back up into competition. Um, as for fighting Timothy Bradley again, I don't know if it's going to happen. Timothy Bradley has a big fight against Manny Pacquiao in April. So 
And I don't think if um, if Bradley beats Manny Pacquiao, I don't think he wants to go back down and fight Jesse Vargas. But Jesse has an argument. So I think somewhere down the line, a rematch with Timothy Bradley is going to happen. The fight I'd really like to see moving ahead for Jesse Vargas is against Dmitry Mikolenko. Uh, we, he was on an undercard of the first boxing show that we had here at After Buzz. Fringe, you know, top 10 guy. He's top 10 in Ring Magazine's rankings, 21-0. Young guy. So you got Vargas, who's, you know, in his late 20s, looking for another push in his career. You know, had an early one against Timothy Bradley. Has gotten the benefit of the doubt in some decisions he's had in his fights. So he's been hanging around just outside the top 10 for his entire career. It'd be great to see two guys who you know are hungry and trying to become major players in the welterweight division. Because you're, I don't, you're not going to see fights against Keith Thurman or Sean Porter or Danny Garcia because those guys are all part of Al Heyman's PBC. Um, so unless one of them signs with PBC, you're not going to see those fights. So let's see against Dmitry uh, Mikolenko or you know a guy like Errol Spence. Um, those fights would be fun. And I think Jesse Vargas has earned that. As for Saddam Ali... You know, he's probably booted out of the top 10. He's only has one loss. So he can bounce back quick, you know, face someone who's a decent contender and get back into the top 10. I think he's got a lot of skill as a young fighter. He showed that when he can get off first, he's got some power. He, you know, landed some clean uppercuts. I just think he's a little green and went up against a guy who had a few more fights on him against bigger name recognition and, you know, ran into a roadblock. It's the welterweight division. This is a stacked division. So he'll probably be booted out of the top 10, and you know maybe he can work his way back in. We will have to see what happens there. And like I mentioned, Vargas wants his Timothy Bradley rematch. We will see if that will happen. But now it's time to break down a little news and notes. Let's do it. Okay. Well, uh, Zach's probably... Oh, there he is. I love it. Love that news drop, by the way. Um, believe it or not, some other fights happened this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about some name recognition fights and some big news. Remember Antonio Margarito? Yeah, he fought a guy named Jorge Paez Jr. And almost lost. And on some people's cards, did lose. Um, he was knocked down uh, by the 28-year-old Paez Jr. in the sixth round. Paez Jr. hurt Margarito with the right hand to the head and then dropped him. Uh, Margarito ended up shaking it off and winning the fight by a 10-round unanimous decision, 95-94, 97-93, and 96-93. Um, you know, I don't think Margarito has much left. He has name recognition, but the guy's been out of the game for four years, and after he uh, was caught allegedly cheating against uh, Miguel Cotto, and Cotto came back and destroyed him, there hasn't been much left in the tank from Margarito. Um, as we mentioned, Luis Ortiz, uh, one of the top heavyweights is going to have to fight me. That's what he says. Um, we learned that this weekend. We kind of broke it down already. And, uh, of course, Jesse Vargas wants his rematch with Timothy Bradley. I've said it a million times. But those are the big news and notes. Um, uh, another part of the news, we'll keep the uh, that lovely music bed playing underneath because I love it. A little look ahead to some future shows that we're going to have here. You're going to have Andre Ward versus Sullivan Barrera. And this is what people look at as this is just a stepping stone kind of fight for Andre Ward before the big 
fight against, hopefully, that will be made against Sergey Kovalev. That fight needs to happen. Um, Sullivan, this is kind of the stay active because Andre Ward has been nothing but, or, or anything but active recently. So uh, he, I don't know if he needs to look really impressive. I think he just needs to uh, not let this fight go to a decision. So uh, people still know he has the skills to pay the bills and fight Sergey Kovalev uh, in the future because every fight fan is hoping that that happens. We want to see it happen. Please let it happen. And that's everything for your news and notes. I love it. It's like an old school typewriter. So that's all we have for news and notes today on AfterBuzz Boxing. Um, and that's pretty much all I have today because why annoy you with more boxing rundowns than you need? You know, you got your breakdown. We talked about Luis Ortiz being dominant. We talked about Jesse Vargas surprising some people with his knockout. Overall, it was a great card. And I want to give a shout out to Cutman uh, Rafael Garcia. That guy was a cut man in the undercard fight, and he's been in boxing for 70 years. The guy's been in boxing since pretty much the 40s in some fashion. That's amazing. You don't get to see that in really many other sports. Occasionally, you get to see a coach you know, for a football team who's been in the game for a while. But right now, you look at guys like Bill Belichick, the guys have been in the game maybe since early 70s, late 60s. But we're talking since the 40s, Rafael Garcia. The guy's been around forever, and I hope he stays around for longer because guys like that are great for boxing. Uh, it's it's you know living history in the sport, and you don't get any better than that in any other sport. Boxing is you know one of America's pastimes, and you don't get to see guys working in a sport you know since World War II. But only in boxing you do. So shout out, Rafael Garcia. And so our next show will be March 26th. Um, that's the Saturday night. So March 27th will be the next show. We will be breaking down Andre Ward against Sullivan Barrera. But uh, until then, I'm Jared Gilkerson. That's at Gilkerson Radio on Twitter. Give me a follow. Um, follow my good friend and co-host, Andrea Fasano on her Twitter, and let me know what you think of the show. Uh, and also coming soon on iTunes will be my boxing podcast. I'll let you know uh, debut date on Twitter. It's going to be the 10-minute must system. Uh, it's going to be boxing news and notes broken down on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So I'll let you know when that drops. I'll give you the shout-out on Twitter. Um, but until the next show, we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, no predictions today because... Um, you know, I th all th we all know that Andre Ward's going to win that fight against Sullivan Barrera. So I'm confident that I'm not breaking any new ground in that area. So until then, oh, wait, you know what? Yeah, let's keep it rolling, but we'll keep the music under. Um, I'm going to give a shout out on Twitter uh, for my uh, some people. Andrew Schneider is saying on Twitter, don't mess up comatose. Uh, that would be my old school backyard wrestling name. So thanks. Uh, and also a huge shout out. Uh, to Dr. Punch. He's a huge boxing fan, uh, has been in the game for a long time, and uh, we may be previewing, we may have to break down uh, some old school wrestling matches. You know, I've gone off the railroad here because my Twitter's literally blowing up. Like, at the end of the show, where were you guys a half hour ago? But um, 
And uh, hopefully we can get uh, a Mr. Paul Flame on the show in a few weeks. Because I love Paul Flame to call in, break down some boxing matches, let us know what he thinks. But until that next show, everybody, have a great night. And Paul Flame, stay cool. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Box you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.